A woman had just returned from a trip to Mexico and called the Los Angeles police to report that a rattlesnake was loose in her overnight bag. Police went rushing to the scene with sirens screaming. They approached the big bag, which the woman had heaved out of a window out onto the sidewalk. Cautiously, they scattered the contents of the bag, only to find the rattle was caused by an electric toothbrush that had accidentally turned on. This is Daniel Orton, and welcome to the Stay Podcast. Here, my purpose is to strengthen the apostolic why. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Stay Podcast. Your host, Daniel Orton. I'm just saying I'm thankful today for each and every person who has um, been listening, joined in, and appreciate that so very much, so... Kind of a funny, funny story that I read years ago and kind of kind of um, sparked a sermon that I had preached a few times. Um, but if you guys will probably remember, I'll age myself a little bit here. There's a reality TV show that uh, for a while a lot of people was crazy about. It was called Fear Factor. And Fear Factor was this reality show that would ask people to do crazy Things, some unthinkable things, and maybe some things that was just absolutely disgusting. And basically, it was called Fear Factor, and you had to overcome your greatest fears for a chance to win $50,000. And there were some crazy things that people had to do. Now, one I'd seen, uh, I don't know that I hardly ever seen it, but I did see an, either a picture of it or somebody told me about it, or maybe I seen a video of it. A person was supposed to be getting inside of this um, big round cylinder, glass cylinder. It was full of snakes. And if the person could go in there and stay for X amount of time, they would win $50,000. Well, I'm not sure I could do that because I do not like snakes whatsoever. But the truth of the matter is the reason I wouldn't is because I would be afraid. But... There are other people that probably would not have a problem to climb in there and um, get that $50,000. Now, maybe I could for $50,000, but I don't know. I think the fear factor would be a huge thing. And the only thing that would cause me to do it would be the fact that there is that dollar amount, the reward of of the reward of that $50,000. That'd be the only reason I'd do it. So with all that said, um, I think it's something that a lot of people struggle with. and something that we have seen a lot of that's really been pushed over the last three years since 2020. We have seen a, excuse me, we've seen a huge surge of fear, anxiety, and um, a lot of factors has caused this fear factor. Now, number one, there is an enemy that understands if he can keep you afraid, you will never accomplish the things of God that you were meant to accomplish. Paul told his son in the gospel in 1 Timothy 4 and 7, uh, any of you that struggle with fear, you'll probably know this verse by uh, 
memory, but if you don't, this is a good verse for you to put in your memory if you deal with, you struggle with fear. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power, a love, and a sound mind. So God didn't give us that spirit of fear that cripples us, that keeps us from um, doing anything, you know. Um, you know, if you think about it, there's a lot of reasons that that factor in. If you put fear, it's it's a big factor why a lot of people doesn't get involved, specifically in the apostolic church, uh, because there's a lot of things. Uh, you're afraid people's going to make fun of them, uh, especially our beautiful apostolic women. They take a big brunt of, of the holiness issues. Um, their dress and the way they look and their beautiful uncut hair. Um, so they're afraid that people's going to make fun of them. Or in this time we're living in now, I, I feel sorry for the kids who are in school because honestly, man, they uh, people are bullied so much. And and so you, you got a lot of kids that are dealing with this fear factor. I'm not going to fit in the crowd and, and I'm not, I'm not going to, people's going to make fun of me for the way I dress or maybe because I don't watch what they watch or I don't do the things they do. But fear, it's a real thing. Um, it is a it is a very, very real thing. My beautiful wife, Cheryl, struggled um, with fear and had for many years, especially when she was younger, uh, she had a spirit of fear that got a, kind of attached itself to her. She was convinced that she was going to die. And uh, I'm talking a young age, you know, teenage. Had a friend that had... Um, that we went to church with and she was in school with and and he was at 16 and he, he'd had some health issues but he had died at home and um, so that fear kind of gripped her some things that she was struggling with spiritually anyway and it kind of caused this fear to grip her and if you've ever felt that fear it'll 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 captivate you it'll keep you in a hole it'll keep you from stepping out fear will keep you from um, stepping out and obeying God in a service. Fear will keep you from raising your hand in service. Now, we're apostolic, and we believe in demonstrous worship. It'll, you know, people are afraid to raise their hand. They're afraid to speak in tongues. They're afraid that somebody might hear them. Afraid to pray out loud, you know. You get these, you get these thoughts, you know, oh, you know, everybody's going to stare at me, or maybe I'll feel stupid. Um we don't see them as much as we used to, but testimony services, you know, or about she's like this witnessing to people. I can't, I just can't talk to people or, you know, so we, we see this, that it really captivates fear, captivates people. And you know how that fear is. You get, your heart gets a pounding, your chest, and maybe you start trembling or you start even gasping for breath because you're having an anxiety attack and, and uh, you begin to think, oh, everybody's looking at me. I think I'm going crazy. And um, so there's all these things that you can deal with and this fear in your life. And if you're not careful, it can really cripple you. It can really hinder you in your walk with God. And it keeps people. It may not knock them out of church, but it sure will keep them from becoming everything that God has called them to be. And it is a huge, huge factor. Uh, as a matter of fact, 
Um, it is said that fear has um, a lot of people. Well, let, let's just go this way. It said 90% of chronic patients who see physicians have one common symptom. Their trouble did not start with a call for chest pain. It started, 90% of their cases started with a symptom of fear. Fear. It's something that's called, um, something you'd call phobia. Phobia is an irrational, excessive fear of something. It's out of control fear. Fear is important in our life. We need to have a good dose of fear. We need, we need godly fear. We need to fear God. We need to respect. It's that respect area. We need to respect a lot of different things, you know, like um, fire. We should respect fire and um, know that it can burn you if it's out of control. That's how fear is. In this right place, fear is very powerful and it can help us when we have the right fear of God. Um, it will help us to keep the laws of God. We have the right fear of God and respect of God. It'll help us be faithful to the house of God, faithful in prayer and faithful in our relationship and, and things like you. You know, you look at Joseph when Potiphar's wife made her advance on him and he made this statement. He said, you know, he said, I've been entrusted with everything in this man's house. Nothing has been refused from me, but you and because it was his master's wife. But when he when he said, how can I do this? He said, how can I do this great thing against God? It wasn't against his master. Of course, he, he feared the master of this house, that household. But the real, fear, the real fear that he was dealing with was the fact that he did not want to do something against God. So fear is, is an important thing. It's very, very important. But when it becomes a phobia, it's out of control. It's unreasonable. It can be a huge thing that keeps us from accomplishing everything God wants and can ultimately cause you to be lose out with the kingdom of God. Um, but there, there's a website I found a long time ago. I preached this sermon called Fear Factor. But there's a phobia. Um, most dictionaries will find... Um, Several phobias listed um, in their dictionaries. But I found a website. You can go look at it. It has, as a matter of fact, been added to since the first time I'd ever preached this sermon. It's called phobialist.com. It has nothing but phobias. And there is well over 200 phobias. I'm telling you some, some crazy ones. I, I'm not going to read all of them, but let me read you a few of them. There's a blue phobia. It's a fear of washing or bathing. Um, there is archophobia, that's fear of heights. There is um, erythophobia, that's fear of numbers. There's automysophophobia, I probably botched that bad, but that is fear of being dirty. <laughs> so there's bibliophobia, that's fear of books. Uh, let me let me read you a few more of these. I won't read all of them, but just some of them. It's kind of kind of hilarious. Um, there is Brahmamidophobia. That's fear of body smells. I don't know if I have that fear, but I don't like the body smells anyway. There is um, one that a lot of people deal with, 
deal with, especially in the mid, um, this Kentucky area that we are, we have a lot of storms, but it's called brontophobia. It's fear of thunder and lightning. Um, cacophobia is fear of ugliness. Let me see. Let me give you a few more here. Ecclesophobia. I think a lot of people have this one. It's a fear of church. <laughs> a lot of people don't come to the house of God. Frigophobia. Fear of cold things. Um, this is one some people need. Harmophobia. And that is a fear of sinning. Lord, don't let me sin. We all need that one. Uh, let me see. Let me give you a couple more here. Oh goodness, I'm I'm gonna t I'm gonna botch this one, but let me try it. It is Aracha Butui. Oh gosh, I should edit that out. That's bad. Uh, I tell you what, let me spell it for you because it's long, and I am not gonna try to say it. It is A R A C H I B U T Y R O phobia. That is a fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. I would hate that one because I love peanut butter. So anyway, you can go in there and you can you can have some fun looking at it. And no doubt every one of us have a few of those. Um, and one I didn't mention is arachophobia, fear of spiders. And so there's a lot of crazy stuff. But seriously, you know, on this, um, it, it is said that when we're born, we are born with just two basic fears. And those fears are loud noises and the fear of falling. All the other fears is said that um, we must learn them. That's what Ronald Ronald um, Rudd said. So it is very important that we learn to overcome this fear that keeps us from being everything that God's called us to be. I call it the fear factor. It is why they made the um, reality TV show. Because they understood if your fear is big enough, because if you think about the, the television show itself, there's no way a major television show would ask anybody to do anything that was going to hurt them. Only the things that made them, dis that disgusted them or made them afraid. I would hope and I would like to think that if they had asked me to do, uh, to get in a big container of snakes for $50,000. I hope I'd have enough sense to think, you know, it's worth $50,000. Let me do this. I don't know if I could because I really, really don't like snakes. And um, even though we're Pentecostal, we are not snake handlers, all right? We don't do that. But seriously, there is a fear that holds people back from being everything God's called them to be. Now, there is a story that I've heard and I'd thought about before I'd ever read this story. And it's how elephants are brought into captivity. We've, no doubt you've been to the circus and you've probably seen these big, huge animals, these elephants. We have a small rope around the ankle. And to think that that small, tiny rope can hold back those giant elephants is absolutely crazy. Because... If you've ever seen a video or if you've been around an elephant at the circus or the zoo, you realize these are giant creatures and they're strong. And that big old elephant could not be held by something that so small that does not have power to contain it. But that small rope 
around the leg of that elephant can control that elephant. So here's how it works. When the trainers begin taming these baby elephants, they place a big heavy chain around its ankle and they stake that chain to the ground. And day after day, hour after hour, that baby elephant struggles to escape. But that big old chain is more than that baby elephant can do. So his efforts become vain. And he simply, he just cannot break free from the grips of that that big powerful chain. And eventually he surrenders. He, he resolves in his mind that there's no possible way he can ever escape from that chain. So he relinquishes forever the struggle to be free from this thing around his ankle. When he's given up trying, they eventually replace this giant chain with a smaller chain. And then maybe to a smaller rope. To eventually they get this small rope. And this elephant is captivated and held captive by what he envisions as this fear, this this rope I can't get away from. And the truth is that that elephant could ever open his eyes. He could break free at any moment. He could take whatever is holding that small rope. He would either snap it if one of, a human was holding on to it. He would um, just take and throw that human around if he held onto that rope. So this just say 10, 20, however long an elephant lives, is, is just held by bondage by something that has no power to control them except the power that that elephant has chose to relinquish. It's that fear factor that keeps him from escaping that mental trap. Now, with all that said, I, I read this scripture earlier in 2 Timothy 1 and 7. God's not giving us the spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. The question I have to ask us today is, what is that fear that's holding you back? What is that fear? Are you afraid of what people's going to think about you? If you're struggling with holiness, are you afraid that people's going to ostracize you and put you to the side because you look different than everybody else? Are you afraid to really break out and speaking in tongues because you... Are afraid that, oh, some people said this is not real. It doesn't happen. It says, what, what fear is keeping you back? What fear is keeping you from raising your hands and worshiping God in the house of God or in Walmart? It's called fear. And what are we afraid of? We're afraid of what somebody else is say. Or maybe you've been been to church and you've, you've been hurt at church. Let, let me get some sincere and real thing here. You've been hurt in church and you're afraid to commit yourself to another church and you've gone to another one. You're afraid to get committed and you're afraid it's just going to be just like it was last time. But the question I have to ask here today is what would you do if fear was not a factor in your life? How would you worship if fear wasn't a factor? What kind of life would you live if fear was not a factor. Who would you be willing to go to and witness to if you weren't afraid? Maybe maybe you're talented and you can you're an incredible singer. I've seen some incredible singers, but they won't sing in front of nobody. 
But how would you sing if you weren't afraid of what people thought about you? How would you, how would you pray if you didn't worry about what? I mean, this is Saturday night. Tomorrow's church day. I hope you go to church. What would you do tomorrow at church if you were not afraid of what people would think about you? It was the late president, President Roosevelt, who once said the very famous saying in his radio address. He said, there is nothing to fear except fear itself. That's the truth. So how do we get rid of this fear? 1 John 4, 17-19 says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. And verse 18 of 1 John 4 says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. The love of Jesus is what's going to set the captives free from, um, it's going to set the people free from this fear. Jesus stood that day and he began to read the scriptures in Luke 4, 18. And he said, quoted from the book of Isaiah, when he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Send me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering the sight of the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Jesus come to set us free from our things that captivate us and hold us. And fear is a huge factor that binds us. You know, a lot of people say, you know, what's what's worse than than, than quitting something. It's somebody who's too afraid to even to begin. Could be somebody that's listening to me right now. You really, really would like to do something great for God, but you're afraid to step out. You're afraid to step out. And the truth of the matter is, there's a lot, a lot of great things that God would like for us to do. But we're afraid to step out. Um... I had it written somewhere, but I don't have it here. But I'd heard for years that there is 365 times you can read in the Bible where it says, fear not. And then I found where somebody said that you can see in the Bible where it says, fear not, 30, 366 times. One a day for every day of the year, including leap year. Now, I got to doing some research on this when I was studying this and come to find out, I, I can't find that, that it's actually 365 or 366 times. But what it does appear to be that the phrase, be not afraid or fear not, or something along the lines that tells you not to be afraid. Literally, that phrase is in there more than that command phrase, whatever, is in there more than any other phrase that we may find. Matter of fact, if you if you combine all the different types of don't be afraid or fear not, it's it's well over five hundred times. So it, it is something that the word of God does really drive home because God knew that it was a factor. I mean, after all, when you go back to the Garden of Eden after the very first sin, when Jesus, when God is walking through the garden and begins to cry out, Adam, where are you at? And finally, Adam, you know, God knew where he was. He just wanted Adam to let him know where he was. But 
he he asked him, he said, Adam, why did why did you hide from me? He said, Because when I heard your voice, I was afraid. Think about that. When I heard your voice, I was afraid. And God asked him, Who told you you were afraid? And it come down to the fact that I was naked and I became afraid. You see, the problem we have with God is sin causes us to feel naked before God's presence. My son, Jacob, preached a sermon many years ago. I have no idea if it's recorded somewhere. If it is, I ought to try to get it out there. It's an awesome message, but he preached um, naked and unashamed. And it was a powerful message, but the, the, the concept of the sermon basically was this, that we can be in the presence of God and we can have such a relationship with Him that we're not afraid to be in His presence because we know that He loves us. It takes us back to First John there, that perfect love casteth out fear. We realize God loves us. We realize there's not a big, huge monster in the sky that's just trying to find a way to send us to hell. What we realize is there is a God who loves us and made a way for us to make heaven our home. But we're too afraid to, in my case, get in that vat of snakes, even though it's a $50,000 prize that they're waiting for me. Now, if we put that in a spiritual aspect, we're too afraid to step out and do the things of God or step out and you cast this thing to the side. We we feel ashamed before God and we have trouble standing before Him and that fear holds us back from becoming everything that God wants us to be. And we've got to somehow overcome this fear. And I know my, my pastor, my, my brother-in-law, when I first started preaching Brother Monty Fuller, he he told us when he said, look, if you guys want to... Get, you want to get beyond that shine backwardness? He said, just get up there and get embarrassed. And it was, it does work. It's sometimes just to get over that fear, you just got to do it and trust. When it comes to the things of God, if God's telling you to do it, do it. If God's called you to preach, you need to preach. If God's called you to sing, you need to sing. If God's called you to be a prayer warrior, you need to pray. If God's called you to, to be a soul winner, get out there, knock doors, teach Bible studies. Do whatever you can. What would you do if fear was not a factor? We'd do a lot more for the kingdom of God. And the reason we don't is the devil wants to revert back to the original sin. And whatever your sin may be is the one that's going to keep you naked and ashamed before God. Let me tell you something. Let me give you a great big revelation here. And I'll I'll wrap this up here. The... There's only one sin that's going to keep you out of heaven. Are you ready for this? This is so revelatory. Somebody needs to write it down and quote it for me, okay? There's only one sin that's going to keep you out of heaven. You know what that sin is? It's the one you don't repent of. It's that one sin that you don't repent of. That's what's going to keep you out of heaven. And the devil wants to convince you that you can't repent of that. He wants to convince you that you cannot get... There's no way you can give that up. There's no way you can stop doing that. There's no way you can get that out of your life. And he keeps you afraid in whatever way he can because he knows God's going to call to you and you're going to be afraid to answer. 
because you're going to feel naked and ashamed before him. But I'm telling you right now, if somebody can get beyond that fear factor and tell the devil to shut up and say, listen here, God loves me. He robed himself in flesh and he came to this earth and died for my sins. And that tells me he loves me and I don't have to be afraid of him and I don't have to listen to you because here's the thing. Here's the thing we need to understand. Revelations chapter 1, 17 through 18 says this. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying to me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. For I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of death, hell, uh, have the keys of hell and of death. I'm going to tell you now, he is the first and he is the last. And everything in between, everything that we need is in Jesus and we don't have to fear. Okay? But here is a very scary verse, okay? When we talk about fear. It's Revelations 21 and 8. There's a song out there. The kids used to sing. Revelations 21 and 8. Liars go to hell. Burn, burn, burn. There's more to it, but it's something like that. We concentrate on the stuff in this verse. We concentrate on the, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the whoremongers, the sorcerers, the idolaters, liars. All, the, all these shall have their part in the lake of fire, which burneth uh, with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. But do we so casually jump over that very first part of what that verse says? It says, but the fearful. The fearful. It's the ones who are afraid to go any farther than they are in God. They're afraid to really commit their life to God because they realize the devil is trying their best to tell them, you can't do it. You're not good enough. You're not able. And the whole reason why is when Jesus is calling from you from the in that garden, He wants you to hide from Jesus. He wants you to be He wants you to be fearful and ashamed before the presence of God. But I want to tell you today, if we can get beyond this fear factor, we can stand before Jesus. We can stand before Him and all of our insecurities, all of our flaws, all of our issues in our life. We can stand before Him and know and trust Him. You can stand before Him naked in your spirit and Him seeing everything you are and handing Him the keys to your life and saying, Jesus, I need your help. I can't do this by myself. And Jesus, I help you. I promise you will. So, once again, what would you do if fear was not a factor? I'll tell you what you'd do. You would become everything God wants you to be. All right, I'm done. I appreciate you listening. I need you to do me a favor. I need you to, uh, wherever I share this, I'll, I'll always try to share it on social media. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, if you're on LinkedIn, I share it on there. Share this with somebody. Um, you can hit the share button, copy the link, text it to your friend. Maybe you've got a group text with some some friends or your church or your family, share that link with them and they can go listen, share this, get this out there. And um, 
this is maybe not much to you. I enjoy doing this. And um, I've not done good lately because we've been in a crazy transition. I've not found a good day to do this on. This is Saturday evening. Maybe it'll be a good day. I don't know. But I'll try to do it. I'm trying to do it once a week again. And I don't want to, I don't mean to be inconsistent. And I'm trying to do better. I'm just trying to find a time to do it. So with that said, I appreciate you listening. Would you share this? Would you like this? And wherever you listen to it at, would you go leave a review that helps uh, my understanding that helps the podcast. So thank you for listening. God bless you. I hope you have an incredible Sunday tomorrow and go to church. Okay. Um, I, let me be funny here real quick. I love to watch fishing videos on YouTube as a guy. His name is Richard Jean, the fishing machine. You've never, if you're a fisherman, you like to watch fishing videos, go listen to him. And you may think this is funny. And I'm, I'm going to say it anyway. When he gets done with this video every time, he says, go fishing for it because it's good for you. So go to church tomorrow because it's good for you. All right. All right. Appreciate you listening. God bless everybody. Hope to see you next time. Thank you for listening today. If anything you have heard today in this podcast has helped you, why don't you share it with someone you know, a friend or family member? And also consider rating and following us as well. Hope you have a great day. God bless you.